I'm just overjoyed uh, this morning, Resurrection, to be able to give a brief introduction to Archbishop Tito Zavala, who is our uh, guest uh, preacher and uh, minister today. Uh, Archbishop Tito is uh, the leader of what's called the Southern Cone, which will be the southernmost part of South America. And there he leads as a primate within our Anglican Communion. He is one of the 38 primates or leaders uh, throughout the Anglican Communion. He is also one of the key leaders in what we call GAFCON, the Global Anglican Future Conference, which is a move of God over the last six years that was responsible for our own Anglican Church of North America. Uh, he serves as one of the GAFCON primates on a leadership table there, really helping to oversee what is nothing less than a renewal and a revival of God's Word, sacramental ministry, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit throughout the nations, throughout the globe. We here at Resurrection have had a heart for South America, especially uh, through the nation of Brazil for many, many years. Many of our members have traveled to Brazil to serve there on short-term mission trips. Some of you may be aware that my wife Catherine uh, grew up as a missionary kid in the nation of Brazil. Uh, by the way, it's an additional honor to have my mother and father-in-law here who have just completed 45 years of ministry and missionary service in Brazil. Um, so we honor you, mom and dad, and thank you for being here. So we, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got South America Day uh, going on, but we've never had a Chilean, and uh, that's new for us at Resurrection, and an incredible blessing. Uh, all of these things are true, but what's really true about Archbishop Tito is this is a man who loves God's Word and who preaches it faithfully throughout the world. And so we invite you here to Resurrection and to our pulpit to please share with us. Our hearts are open, and we're ready to hear the teachings and the calling of the Lord Jesus. Oh, what a presentation. I'm very happy to be here. This is my very first time in Chicago area. I have been a couple of times just in the airport waiting for connections. And one of them was in winter, in January. And I was so afraid that I saw a white city and no place for the plane. But finally, <laughs> the, the, the pilot did a good, a good job that, that day. Uh, you are going to suffer with my strong Latin American accent, forgive me. But now you will understand in the same way we suffer when you send missionaries to us. Yeah? <laughs> um, and also, please forgive me if I commit a, a mistake in, in my pronunciation. As you know, I work, think, and do everything in Spanish at home. And one day I was preaching in English, and I was preaching about how important it is to be people of God. And then during my sermon, you know, uh, I was full of passion. And then I said, brothers, you are impotent for God. You are impotent. Uh, um, <laughs> and after the, the service, the, um, the pastor, the rector said, Bishop, please don't say impotent. Say important, please. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, half of the women became pregnant. No. <laughs> Can you put it? Uh, um, okay, now be serious. <laughs> I have two questions um, 
for my meditation. The title of my sermon today is We Have Been Saved in Order to Serve God and Society. We have been saved in order to serve God and society. My first question is, have you ever thought why God calls us and treats us as sheep? Have you ever thought that? Even we use the expression, he's a lost sheep. Why God sees us, calls us, and treats us as sheep? And the answer is very easy. We, we are sheep. Why? Because, according to my understanding, sheep has two characteristics. One is, it's an animal who suffers of orientation, lack of orientation. It's very easy for a sheep to get lost. And the second is, a sheep is a, is a weak animal, suffer of self-protection, self-defense. It's very easy uh, to hurt uh, um, a sheep. And when we think that the Lord, the Lord sees us like that, it's because in life, for all of us, it's very easy to get lost. I remember talking with a man in those days, close to 70 years. And he told me that when he was young, he had many dreams for life. And those dreams were around serving people. But after many years, as he said, suffering, he, he came to the conclusion that uh, now the most important is to think for him, for him, and for him. Nobody else. He lost, you know. He lost his purpose for life. And also when we think that we are not so strong as we think. Sometimes we, we feel strong and then we have an accident. And then we are in bed. Not strong. Also, working in ministry for many years, I have ministered many, many people, more women maybe than men, that has been suffering for many years because they have been in, in painful situation. They, they, they carry for many years a pain in their hearts and suffering. We are not so strong as we think. And the reason is because we are sheep. The second question is, have you feel in your life sometimes as being in prison? I have feel like that many times. I want to be free to do things, but something happening around me that I'm not free to do what I want to do. Um, this is, I think, a, an effect of our society that later I will refer to that. Now, coming to the, to the, uh, to the gospel reading that we heard about how Jesus did a miracle feeding more than 5,000 people. The, the Bible tells us that Jesus decided to move to an isolated place. He wanted to be quiet, I think. 
Um, and then he moved there. But the crowd knew that Jesus went to that place. And they followed him. Can you imagine that? If you are in that situation, or even I have been in that situation a couple of times, or more than a couple, when, we, when I want to be quiet, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, with people, just because maybe I'm tired. And I cannot imagine people coming to see and say, I, we want to talk to you. But Jesus, when he saw the crowd, no, in my case, you know, when, when, we, when we face something like that, normally we are uh, angry. No, no, I don't want to receive people. I want to be quiet. But Jesus is not like that. When Jesus saw the crowd, saw the multitude, he was full of compassion, as, as we, we, we read when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. I can imagine Jesus wanted to be quiet, isolated, but the crowd went to him and Jesus showed all his compassion. From the very bottom of Jesus' heart is compassion. From the very bottom of Jesus' heart, there is compassion. In order to understand compassion, compassion is, I have a, I have a, um, a definition that just says, compassion is when you see people suffering, you are with them. The, 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 the basic meaning of compassion is suffering together. Suffering together. That is compassion. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd, the multitude, Jesus showed three things. Justice, mercy, and grace. Justice, mercy, and grace. Justice because when he saw the people around him, he saw them as human beings who are suffering. And Jesus wanted the best for them. That is justice. Mercy, when Jesus healed sick people, he showed mercy upon them. And grace, when Jesus fed them. That was grace, an act of mercy from Jesus. According to the, uh, even, even those, those words, just in mercy and, and, and grace, according to the theologians, the definition is something like that. Justice is receive the just payment I deserve. That is justice. Mercy is don't receive the just payment I deserve. And grace is don't receive the just payment plus receiving a gift, an extra gift. Did you understand what I said? Probably not, because I don't understand either. <laughs> Let me give you an example of a domestic example of how we can understand those three words 
that, according to my understanding, is important to understand it. One is justice. If, if I say to my son, I will come back home around 6 o'clock after my job, and I want you, all your homeworks done by 6 o'clock this afternoon. And I say to my son, are you okay? And he said, yes, dad. 6 o'clock, my homeworks will be done. Coming back home, and I said to him, hey, bring you a notebook. And then I realized that he has not done his homeworks. Oh, the, the, the punishment will be if you don't do your homework, you are not going to have dessert. Okay? That dessert. Okay, coming back home, and I realized that he, he didn't do his homeworks. If I'm a just man, I have to do what I said. Now, seated, seated in, in, the, in the table, we eat, you know, everything, and then when the, the time for dessert comes, mom brings what you like, strawberry with uh, ice cream, cheesecake, whatever, you know. Now, mom began to, to give dessert to dad, one sister, one brother, etc. But that particular boy, he received no dessert because he didn't do his homework. That is justice. That is justice. What is mercy? Mercy is beautiful. His father, knowing that he didn't do his homework, take his own dessert and say to his son, my son, I love you. And I know that you deserve a punishment, no dessert today. But I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm not going to eat my dessert, and I'm going to give you my dessert. That is mercy. His father sacrificed himself for him, for his son. Now, in the way, this is mercy. Now, what is grace? In the way when he's giving his dessert to his son, mom take extra ice cream, put there, and strawberry. And finally, he received double portion. That is grace. Double portion. Now thinking about the, the, the work of God among us, we don't deserve salvation because according to God's word, we are sinners. And because we are sinners, we, have to, we, we don't deserve salvation, we, we are dead, dead. We have to be in the cross, but Jesus, that is justice, because our sin, we deserve to die. But Jesus took our place, and he died for us on the cross. That is mercy. What is grace? We not only, we not only said, oh, finally, I didn't die. No. 
Jesus gave me a special position in heaven. Now I am son or daughter of God. And I am now son of God. And in heaven, I will be there with him, enjoying my life forever. This ordinary human being, sinner, was saved by God because of his justice, mercy, and grace. That is, that is in the heart of Jesus when we think about the word of compassion. Compassion is a lifestyle. Must be, not should be, must be a lifestyle for all of us. Because we as Christians have been called by God to show mercy, to show justice, but also to give grace to people around us. And that is compassion. But something is happening among us that we are not allowed to show everything that God wants us to do. Because something is happening in our midst. And according to my understanding, in this present era, I think we are suffering all the effect of postmodernism day by day. Maybe you don't realize that, but you are, I am, under the effect of postmodernism day by day. Postmodernism is a big issue. I have been talking about that oof, a whole day from the morning to the, to the, to the evening about postmodernism. But let me summarize postmodernism in four words, and that can be a good help for you. Four Ps, four Ps. The first P is physical image. One of the characteristics of postmodernism is uh, look for a nice body. It's a worship to our bodies. Physical image. We are so worried, we are so concerned about our bodies that day by day we want to look great. Great. People are willing to pay the money they don't have in order to look great, to have a nice noise, you know, not, not much fat, etc., etc. A young lady in Chile, that happened around two years ago, she was late 20s. She felt that she was overweighted and she had no money for, for a surgery. And then she decided to go to a private, non-legal clinic for a surgery, and cheap for her. But she died in the clinic because she received an ectodosis of anesthesia, and she died. She never accepted her body as it was. Even her husband on the media said, I always said to her that I love you. She really loved her. And, and, and he said to her, I accepted her as she was, but she never accepted her body. Why? Because it's the effect, even, even if you are honest, you will realize that most of our conversation will be around our bodies, 
Hey, tell me, you have lost weight. Please, tell me the secret. What do you do with your body, with your hair, with your noise, etc.? Yeah, the, that's the effect of postmodernism. We all want to look great. The second P is pleasure. Pleasure, placer in español, pleasure. Is a worship to hedonism. Worship to hedonism. Comfort. Look for comfort. Even um, on the TV, in our case, for, for example, we are now in winter. Can you imagine being in winter, cold weather, and then the TV show uh, an advertising uh, with a view of the, of the Caribbean, people, you know, in, in the Caribbean enjoying the beaches, enjoying a swimming pool, hot weather, nice weather, and saying, come to the Caribbean and pay later. But come now, enjoy life. And if you realize, most of the advertising on the TV will be around pleasure. Because people are looking for pleasure. Pleasure. Do you know that pleasure also has come to church? Jim Packer, one of our hero, Anglican hero, wrote a book called Hot Tap Christianity. Hot Tap Christianity. And he says in that book that people today are going to the church looking for pleasure. Coming to the church as, a, as, a, as an image, here I will find hot water to enjoy the service, to be nice, you know, to be, be in a happy place. People are looking for churches where worshiping, music is the best, the best. And they want to be there always, forever. But that is a dangerous thought because, don't forget, we have been saved in order to serve God and society and pleasure is against that. People are coming to the church looking for healing. That's good. That's good. We have been called by God to heal people as Jesus did it. But after our healing, after receiving the blessings of God, we have to understand that we have to do, or we must to do, something for those who are lost. In your case, in Chicago area, the greater Chicago. If you don't go, who will go? But all of us are under the effect of pleasure. We don't want to hear sermon about sacrifices. No, no, no sacrifice. I'm tired. I have no time for that. Others should do that. Not me, I'm tired. Pleasure, pleasure. The third word is possessions. Possessiones, possession. Worship to materialism. To have money is not bad. To have goods is not bad. The problem is when they become to me an idol. An idol. 
When I forgive that, when I forgot that my support at the end came from Jesus, from Christ. When I began to trust in my money, in my goods, and then Jesus is in the second place, that is idolatry. Idolatry. People are working hard in order to get more money, to have more goods. Working hard, working hard, and working hard. And this, this goes together with the next P, that is power. Power. Worship to success. Could you like to repeat the four P? Let me see how is your memory. The first one is? Hey, listen. Uh, I understand here there are many university students. Hey, brothers, sisters. Okay, the first one is? Physical image. The second? Pleasure. The third? Possessions. And the fourth? Power, power. Now, power is worship to success. You say, oh, no, 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 here, no, no, I pass. I don't want to be the president of the United States of America. Hey, maybe you're right. But you are under the effect of postmodernism. Because why? Because you want to be the first in the place where you are. You want to be first in your job. You want to be first in your career. You want to be first among your equals. You want to be first among your friends. In every place you are, we are, we want to be first. If we are not first, we are losers. Even there are songs around that. There is a famous song in Spanish that says that. If you, if you go in second place, you are a loser. That's what the song says. You must be first. Now, that is, that is bringing home many troubles, many problems. Can you imagine mom and dad working hard, leaving home 7 o'clock, Coming back 7 p.m. or 8 o'clock, tired, working hard because both want to have success in their work, in their life. The consequence for that, children are isolated. No time for children. Child without childhood, no parents there. In my case in Chile, now, day by day, our children are under the nanas, the nannies. They are taking care of them. They are taking care of our own children. Because mom and dad are working hard. Why? Because they want to have more money, more goods for the family. You know, it's something contro it's a controversial. Controversial? Um, yeah. They, they, are, they, they, they are even they, they are willing to pay any price for money and success. That's the effect of postmodernism in our midst. For that reason, my second question was like that, because we are, we are like a prison. We are like a slave. 
We want to do things, but we are tired. I can imagine that. Mom and dad working hard, tired, no time for children. Of course, no time for the church, no time for the Lord. Others should do the work. Others should preach the gospel. Others should minister people who are lost, but not me, because I'm very, very tired and busy. Now, putting together, we have been called by God to serve, we have been saved in order to serve God and society. And one of the signs for that, for that is to show mercy. Showing mercy, I show grace. And when, when, when I give grace, justice will be there. And the three of them is compassion. We have been called by God to have a life, lifestyle of compassion. This great area, I understand Chicago area, is an area of many needs, many needs. People are suffering in Chicago area. Who will go to them? Who will show them the love of Christ? Who will show compassion to them? We have been called by God to do that. Even this particular area of Witton, uh, I understand, I don't know how many students uh, come every, every year, but thousands of students come to this area to live. They are coming in order to have success, to get a degree in order to, to have goods, to have money. We have been called by God, and especially though, those of you here, university students, college students, to show them compassion, to teach them, to say them that life is more, more than money and more than success. At the end, when we don't know that, we suffer. We suffer. People are suffering. I'm very glad that this ministry, Caminemos junto, Juntos, that appoints to those Spanish people, Latin American people, who have come to live to the, in this country. They are isolated. They need God. They come here in order to get money or, and to have success. But they are missing the best or the most important thing is God. They need to hear about Jesus. And we have been called to do that. Do you understand that? Don't forget, you and, and all of us, we have been saved by God in order to serve. Think about the effect of postmodernism in your life. Think and reflect of your ministry and pray for that. And ask the Lord if it is necessary that he can change your thinking manner change that you are not the center of your life. The center of your life is Jesus. If you say you are Christian, Christ must be in the center of your life. And if Christ is there, you must show compassion to those 
who are lost. How many of you say amen? Let's pray. We want to give you thanks, Lord, for your blessings in our life. Thank you, Lord, because you saved us, but not for ourselves. You saved us in order to serve you and to serve our society. Lord, change our thinking manner and help us to be like Jesus, full of love and full of compassion. In his name we pray. Amen.